T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Delays, let's launch right into it with Ken Lovett, the Albany Bureau Chief of the New York Daily News. Ken, thanks for joining us. Tell me, if you can, a little bit about what's happening uh, in Albany, specifically with a push, I guess we could call it, to try and see if the state Senate could ultimately, eventually, flip from Republican majority now to Democratic majority at some point next year. Right. Right now, the Senate Democrats are extremely fractured. You have uh, uh, the mainline Democrats. You have a group of eight breakaway Democrats uh, known as the Independent Democratic Conference, or the IDC, who are aligned with the Republicans in a leadership coalition. And then you have a ninth Democrat, uh, Brooklyn Senator Simcha Felder, who actually caucuses with the Republicans. The governor and the IDC in particular have been under extreme pressure, especially since the election of President Trump, to reunify the Senate Democrats with the hopes of giving them the majority. Um, the governor has been criticized for not doing enough. This past week, uh, his people, though his allies and the state party and, and a major union and Joe Crowley, who's a congressman from Queens and the head of the House uh, Democratic Caucus, they put out a letter basically outlining a plan to reunify the Democrats. And uh, the Senate, the mainline Senate Democrats said they could live with it. The IDC, after some cajoling, said they, they would support it. And uh, right now, though, you have a lot of progressive groups who don't like it, mainly because nothing would really happen at the earliest until after the budget process. And a lot of the progressives are like, why are we leaving the Republicans in charge during a, a key budget uh, process? Now, if nothing would happen in this proposal till after the budget process, uh, I've got to wonder what sort of horse trading is enunciated in the letter. Is it budgetary in nature? Uh, why are they waiting till after that? And what kind of things are on the table? What carrots are they using to try and pull these uh, renegade Democrats back into the fold? I mean, the biggest uh, horse trading going on is the threat that if the Democrats, the uh, independent Democrats, don't do this, that they will be not only face primaries, which they likely will from progressives, but that the state party that's controlled by Cuomo will actually help fund them, that the party's operation will help with the primaries against the IDC. That was a big point. Uh, the mainline Democrats, they basically said if they didn't agree with it, they would, uh, the state party would call for uh, a leadership change among the mainline Democrats. And, of course, when you mention the state party, I've got to chime in that the uh, chair of that state party, Cuomo's hand-picked uh, protege in that regard, is Buffalo Mayor Byron Brown. He was a signatory on this letter, wasn't he? He was. He, he was the lead signatory and then uh, Vice Chairwoman uh, Christine Quinn. Um, it, it, it's a complicated situation for several reasons. One... Even if the IDC today said, we're going back, the Democrats would not have the majority uh, for two reasons. One, because of Sim Clefeld is still sitting with the uh, Republicans, and he hasn't said what he'd do. He says, you know, he basically will go where it's best for his conference, for his uh, constituents. And two, you're going to have two openings come January when the legislative session starts. 
two seats that were Democratic are now going to be open because the uh, lawmakers who represented it have moved on to other offices. They were elected, one to the Westchester County Executive and a Bronx senator who is now going to become a New York City councilman. So you have to have special elections. The special elections are not expected to be called in, at the earliest until after the budget. Uh, the reason is, if the governor called it immediately on January 1, the earliest it could take place is mid-March. And why that would be a problem is that's right in the middle of the budget negotiation. Yeah. If you're the governor, what do you do? You don't know who's going to win. The Bronx one's going to stay Democratic, but the Westchester one's up for grabs. And do you negotiate with the Republicans? Do you negotiate with the Democrats? You don't know how it's going to fall. And then after the election, you'll have two weeks to put together a budget. Okay, so so apart from not knowing possibly who the three men in the room are, whether they're three Democrats or two Democrats and a Republican, speak more broadly. So what? I ask somewhat rhetorically. So what if uh, the, 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 the Senate flips to Democrats? Talk about the kind of change that that would represent. Well, you would see a lot more progressive legislation, supposedly, if it could get through. They would consider anything from strengthening abortion laws to taxing millionaires, you know, increasing taxes on millionaires, to electoral reforms, uh, maybe redistricting reform, which is coming up in a couple of years, redistricting. So there's a lot of things that Democrats have been calling for. The question will be, will they have the votes to pass some of this stuff? Uh, the last time they had the majority in 2009 and 10. They a lot of these same issues were out there, uh, the Dream Act, but they didn't pass it because they didn't have the votes, even with a Democratic majority. If the if the uh, special elections go the way they go, if Simka Felder sits where he sits as a Democrat caucusing with the Republicans, how much of this matters in that regard? Uh, Klein jumps the fence. The 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 renegade Democrats join the Democrats again. Uh, is that also a big so what? Yeah, for, you know, then what it would do is what most people expect is that. In November, when every seat of the legislature is up for grabs, that's where the battle is going to be. The Democrats are going to push hard to pick up uh, enough seats, even one, two, three seats, that they can then claim a stronger majority where Felder wouldn't matter. And the Republicans, obviously, are hoping to pick up seats, so they don't even need Felder. They want Felder, but they would like to have the majority just uh, among Republicans. So someone has probably done the math about races in November and figured if they do this first, they can get the majority that way? Well, it's part of it. Um, it's part of it. You know, they want, I think for the governor, it's also political. He doesn't want to go into his reelection, uh, the convention, which is probably going to be in May, and have that hanging over his head. The governor is looking at a potential Democratic primary from the left, and uh, that would be a huge issue in a Democratic primary, that he's failed to reunify the Senate Democrats. So he, um, in one way, he wants to get this done so he could say he got it done and, and try to lessen the issue. And in another way, if it falls apart, he gets to say, well, look, I tried, I did all this, and they just couldn't, they either didn't pick up enough seats or they couldn't come together. And in light of that, uh, let's talk history a little bit. He, in the past, has kind of aligned himself with the Republicans in the Senate in order to whip the Assembly into shape. Does he really want a Democratic Senate, too? Well, that's the question, right? Because you have all these uh, liberal issues that we just spoke about where the governor didn't have to worry about it passing the Senate, um, all these progressive issues. So the question is, how much does he really want it? The uh, people on the left, groups on the left, don't trust that he actually wants it. They point to 2014 when he last, run for, when he last ran for re-election. 
he agreed in order to get the Working Families Party, uh, a progressive minor party, to get their backing. He agreed to help them try to win the uh, Senate. And uh, they feel he reneged on his promise. They didn't win the Senate, and uh, they don't necessarily trust him now to uh, say that he's going to fight for it again. So, so to what degree, then, is he really doing this, do you think, uh, so he can position himself as a more progressive guy without having to really give away the store to the progressives? Well, I think it's a couple of things. I mean, look, I, at this point, he needs to go to the left. So I, I don't think it would bother him necessarily to have a Senate Democratic conference. It would help him politically. It would get rid of a big headache for him, especially if he wants to run for president in 2020, being able to reunify his party here in New York. However, um, he can use the independent Democrats, who tend to be more conservative, much in the same way he used the Republicans, which is to block stuff that he doesn't necessarily want to get through, some of the more uh, leftist uh, agenda items. All right, and after the break, I do want to talk about tax reform. Stay with us. But one other question here. You mentioned the possibility of a primary challenge from the left. What are you seeing on the horizon there? Well, you know, the names that are out there is Syracuse Mayor Stephanie Minor, although she just reopened the possibility she may run for Congress in Syracuse against incumbent John Katko. Um, you have a, a New York City Councilman, uh, Jamani Williams, who's been named, uh, mentioned as a possibility. You have uh, Terry Gibson, a former state senator from the Hudson Valley, who uh, has already formed a campaign committee. He hasn't said he's definitely running, but he's formed a campaign committee. And the most interesting one would be, uh, from the public's perspective, actress Cynthia Nixon from Sex and the City fame, whose name has been out there, although she hasn't said she would run, but her name's been floated as well. She uh, is, is a, an avowed liberal, has even said as much, uh, wants to try and bring education issues to the forefront, says that uh, the current government doesn't uh, fund education well enough uh, she's an out lesbian. She's someone who has been really active in progressive circles. Would she be the progressive uh, champion that the progressives want? Well, I think any of the people I've just mentioned probably would fit the bill. I think with Cynthia Nixon, in all likelihood, most people don't expect her to run. But by having her name out there and her not shooting it down, they're hoping that the governor in the coming budget maybe deals with some of the education issues in a way that the left wants. Uh, in order to get some stuff done. So, you know, the, they feel that maybe even just having the threat out there will be successful in moving the governor to the left. All right. When we come back, we'll talk more about the governor, specifically what he's saying. And, and you've addressed this before, Ken, the idea that everything he does lately seems to be designed, yes, to resonate in New York State, but also perhaps with a little bit of a back thought in, the, in his mind about how it plays on the national stage. He's talking a lot about one of the big national issues that is relevant here in New York State, the Senate tax reform bill. The House bill already passed. The Senate bill passed on Friday. Now the two will get together to some degree. When we come back, we'll talk about SALT, state and local tax deductions, what exactly the governor is saying about that and why. Stay with us. Ken Lovett is here from the New York Daily News and much more to come about tax reform after that, too. It's Hardline on News Radio 930 WBEN. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 